Welcome, those of you that like sports. This is What's Up Doc, episode 26. This is Nick Dockweiler, joined by Dan Driscoll and John Michael Schutz. How are we feeling, guys? Football is back, officially, I think. How are we feeling? I feel very, very excited. I'm currently watching the Utah and Florida game, and it just feels nice just to have football back on the television. I doubt my wife feels the same way. Uh, In fact, I think she hates it, but... Uh, it's exciting to me. That's fair. Dan, how are you feeling? I was really excited until I realized that there's really like, I don't know, like, you know, week zero is week zero. And it's like, oh, football's back, but it's not really because we get to see Notre Dame score like 40 points in Ireland. Who cares? And it's like, <laughs> oh, week one, great. And then it's like, oh, there's like maybe two good games. I don't know. I mean, in, in terms of being a fair weather college football fan, like, you know, the LSU-FSU game, which we'll get to in a little bit, is enticing. There's a couple other games, of course, but I don't know. It's just good to have football on and meaningful football on. So, good time of year. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's fun. I'd probably be enjoying it more if Florida put up any kind of fight against a third-string quarterback for Utah. You know, they're they're ranked 14th in the nation for a reason, but, you know, third-string quarterback against an SEC defense. You'd, you'd hope for a better showing right now. It's halftime. And so, you know, there's still time to, to make it up, but not great. Uh, to your point, Dan, I'm excited uh, for that FSU-LSU game. Uh, you know, there are some other intriguing ones. It's not the most uh, stacked weekend for sports, I feel like. I feel like next week next week will be much, much better, and we will definitely talk about that on either Monday or Thursday next week. But, yeah, anything else you guys want to add, or do we want to just jump on into it? Let's get let's into jump. it. All right, let's, let's get into it. All right. All right, so here we are. And so we have two things on the docket and then whatever comes after. Uh, The first one I think we're going to talk about is the Ryder Cup. And Dan, I'm going to just give it to you or to JM. You guys can talk about the captain picks, I believe, and how you feel that's going to go. Or if it already happened, how it went. I am so in the dark. (laughs) No, it's good. So, yeah, uh, a couple days ago they announced – the captain's picks, um, Zach Johnson made his six picks. I know there was a time where we weren't really sure how many picks there were or what the deal was. Um, and there was a little bit of drama, uh, to say the least. Um, so obviously there were, I believe, six players that had already qualified. I'm just going to pull it up here because I don't want to get my facts wrong. Um, but essentially, um, the, the big issue here is that Justin Thomas was one of the six captain's picks. Now, Justin Thomas, for those of our fans that aren't uh, the most informed golfers, um, historically is is one of the better players um, in the world over the last you know five, six years. Uh, he's won a couple of majors. He's played really well in the Ryder Cup, too. I think his all-time record is six, uh, six wins, two losses, and a tie. Um, he plays really well with Jordan Spieth. Um, you know, those two played really, really well together at the last Ryder Cup. Um, but he has been playing really, really poorly um, this year. Um, hasn't really done much of anything. I don't even think he uh, qualified for any round of the FedEx Cup playoffs. Um, and there were a bunch of guys, um, namely Keegan Bradley um, and Lucas Glover, who, you know, were playing really, really well going into the FedEx Cup. 
played really well all year that were snubbed, some are arguing, um, for Justin Thomas. I, I think one of the larger storylines, too, and maybe one of the underlying things is, you know, while Justin Thomas might not be playing well this year, he kind of fits into the quote-unquote boys club for like guys like Ricky Fowler, um, Jordan Spieth, obviously I already named, um, who are were also, you know, captain's picks are qualified. And, you know, he is really close with Zach Johnson, who's the captain. And John, Mike, I'll, I'll ask you the question, you know, do you put more weight into, you know, someone that's playing well that might be kind of on the outside of the quote unquote boys club? Or are you looking for someone who, you know, might fit into the overall team uh, atmosphere? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit upset about the Justin Thomas pick, mostly because he's played so poorly uh, this year, and I don't think he deserved a spot, uh, to be quite honest with you. I would have much rather seen that spot go to a guy like Keegan Bradley, um, a guy who's played pretty well all year long, um, won a tournament, and and has really just been, uh, had had multiple top five finishes, multiple top 10 finishes, has had a really solid year, and I feel like he just kind of got snubbed. Um, for a guy who, yeah, like you said, kind of fits in to the club, has been there before, um, but not really playing his best golf. And so I think that, um, you know, while, while, you know, Zach Johnson, Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas all might be excited that Justin Thomas made the team, I don't know what that does to, you know, the chemistry with the rest of the guys, you know, knowing that their captain left out somebody who, might be worthy of playing um, because it is a big deal for these guys. Like they're playing in Rome this year. Um, there's a lot of pride with that event uh, going against the Europeans. And so I don't know what, what's your thoughts. I'll, I'll play the other side and this is where I would land. I was going to go the other side of whatever you said. Um, but th- th- this is where I fall um, in, in terms of Justin Thomas over guys like Lucas Glover, um, guys like Keegan Bradley. And I, I love Keegan Bradley. I really do. Um, but I think like there is a greater team. Like, yes, I, I understand that maybe some guys might be more deserving, right? Like played really well going into this. Um, but Justin Thomas's record in the Ryder Cup like is something that, that we should look into. And there has been historically, you know, there have been captain's picks of guys who aren't playing their best golf, get a captain's pick, and they just show up for something like this. You know, a guy that I would argue, you know, at any time would be a good captain's pick is Patrick Reed. And I am like the biggest, I, I don't like Patrick Reed at all. Um, but there, there's no argument that like he shows up for these types of events, especially like international golf. Um, and it's not like, we're not just looking at, you know, if you pick Lucas Glover or you pick, um, you know, Keegan Bradley for the first two days, it's all teams. Like I'm looking at these guys like, like Xander Shoffley and, um, you know, you do put them with a guy like Ricky, uh, being Justin Thomas, you put them with Ricky or or, or Jordan, like, you know, there's no argument that those guys have good chemistry. Like it's not as simple as just putting two guys together because when, when, when they're playing alternate shot or, you know, some of these other formats that we're not so used to seeing, you know, the chemistry is, is a huge factor. Um, and you know, I don't even think, um, I don't know, like, like a guy like Bubba Watson, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the last Ryder cup we saw like a, a team that didn't, that like played well together, but didn't fit with the overall U.S. team. It was uh, Bryson DeChambeau and Patrick uh, Reed. Like they were just totally isolated, man. And I, I just don't, for for the good of the whole room, 
I think a guy like Justin Thomas, I don't know, just provides that glue. He's been there before. He does have a good record. Um, I obviously see how it looks, and it it sucks that you can't bring everyone, but you know, someone's going to get snubbed at the end of the day, right? Like if it's not Keegan, or you know, who you know, it would have been someone else. So, well, know. you know, I mean, all of this this situation can be rectified if Justin Thomas shows up and plays well. Because ultimately, you know, for me, it's about the Americans going, performing well, and winning. Um, and if he shows up, then that's fine. I'm good with it. It's just like, I'll compare it to myself playing pickleball. Uh, so if you're playing with a partner in pickleball, and my partner steals a ball, comes across the middle and steals the ball, I'm fine if he does that and wins the point. You know, I'm not fine if he steals a ball and then hits it right into the net. So in a similar way, like I'm fine with Justin Thomas making the team as long as he shows up and wins. Uh, if he doesn't, then I think there'll be a lot of questions as far as like, you know, guys like Keegan Bradley, who are probably more deserving to be there at least this year from uh, from what they've shown. Yeah, that's fair. Any thoughts, Nick? Yeah, so... Look, I have no idea how people are playing. It sounds like Justin Thomas has not played well. But I will kind of go, I kind of err on the side of what Dan's saying in that, you know, sometimes playing with someone that gives a better team feel makes everyone else play a little bit better, you know? And so just because, I'll relate it to basketball, right? Like, you could have the best guy on the court on your team, but if he takes the ball a lot and is taking a lot of shots and not kind of like, not a fun guy to play with. Like, sure, he's great. He's scoring all the points. You're probably winning a lot of your games, but it's like, how much fun are you having just running up and down the court and not touching the ball or seeing the ball move much? Uh, whereas I'd rather play with someone that's a little bit worse, but kind of enhances the team feeling of it where you may not win the game necessarily. And I think in professional sports, it's a little bit different, uh, but you're probably more likely to win and you are more likely to have like a better team feel. Um, and that increases like the way people play, I think. And so... Uh, I'm, I'm for it if that's what it does. Again, you don't know until it happens, but, uh, I don't know. I, I, that's how I feel. Again, maybe it's a, it's a bad comparison comparing it to basketball in that way. Um, but I think, I hope you see what I'm saying, JM. Like sometimes you'd rather not have the selfish person or the better player if it means that the team would be better overall. Yeah. But then you're, you're implying that like one of the guys that Justin Thomas quote unquote beat out would, would be a selfish guy. I don't, I think that they're just guys that probably deserve to make the team. Um, My frustration is that Justin Thomas hasn't really earned a spot uh, at least this year. Um, He's only earned a spot by who he knows and what he's done in the past. Um, But lately he, hasn't done that like you're not even giving these other guys a chance to fit into the team we don't know if they'll fit into the team that's fair you know what i mean so that's my frustration with it yeah Yeah. but in golf there are guys that you just play with all the time like when you're playing practice rounds or you know when you're in the off season and you live like in the same area you're members of the same club like this is different than just plug and play um, like these guys like legitimately do life together and Keegan and, you know, Lucas Glover are kind of just like doing their own thing, which is fine for them. And I, you know, I do agree. Like if we're going solely based off of merit for the last like two months, there's no world at all where Justin Thomas should be included, but it totally comes down to like, you know, his, his relationships, which is fair, but I, 
it, it does look really bad for a sport that's so like country club clicky already. It's like, oh, these like, you know, four guys all like, you know, are buddies or whatever. And, you know, they all, you know, hang out with Zach Johnson, whatever, and, and you know, look up to him and maybe have been, you know, kind of kissing up to him in the last couple of months, knowing that this was inevitable. Like, we're not even talking about like Justin Thomas was a captain's pick too, and Brooks Kepka. Like, there are like multiple picks that he made. It wasn't just Justin Thomas. And it seems like no matter what the situation here, like is every year there's like, oh, this one pick we don't agree with. And, yeah, you know, this year other, was Justin Thomas. I don't think it's that big of. Yeah, I think you can justify the other yeah. five picks, though, is like from based on merit, based on how they've played this year, you know? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know. It's, I don't know. I, I think Justin Thomas is a good pick, but I can understand why those who are fans of i don't know so question has justin thomas just had like a a a bad year this year but overall has been like worthy of being picked for this because you know sometimes people just have a bad year and they deserve you know does that mean that they won't perform in this kind of setting yeah well you would think that someone that hasn't played good golf all year like isn't just magically going to start playing well and that's true you know in one week but this is the Ryder cup and there is and it's in Europe. Like Justin Thomas has played in Europe. I don't think Keegan has. Keegan hasn't been on a Ryder Cup team since 2014. Um, so not to say that he can't handle it. Like he's a professional. Um, a guy like Lucas Glover. I don't think Lucas Glover has ever made a Ryder Cup. Um, so there's something to think about there. And Cam Young is also someone we haven't talked about who's gotten snubbed. But in terms of short game, like percentage around the greens isn't really that great. And you know that's all like. That, that is the full like weight of, of Ryder cup pressures around the greens. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. We'll see JM. I agree with you. If he plays well, no one will care if he doesn't. And he plays really bad. Uh, that could look really bad for Zach Johnson, but I like our chances this year. Okay. All right. Well, let's go ahead and go from the Ryder cup to some college football and JM. I think you probably know most about this. Again, I've we Dan and I had a little bit of time to prepare for this episode, and so we were kind of perusing week one, uh, and have some. I don't know. I can I can talk about some of the matchups if you want, or if you want to lead it off, and then we can bring in some other ones. Either way. Yeah, I mean, there's a few interesting games. Uh, you know, really, we get to see the kickoff of what a Deion Sanders type team is going to look like uh, with Colorado and TCU. Uh, that should be an interesting game. That's noon on Saturday. Uh, TCU is like 20 and a half point favorites, um, but it'll be fun to see how Dion leads, you know, his first power five uh, conference school. Um, we have Ohio State and Indiana. Again, Ohio State's like 30 and a half point favorites. So uh, that game should be a blowout. Um, really, we get to see teams like Texas and Alabama come into form. They both have kind of easy cupcake cupcake uh games this week but they play each other next week uh and that game last year was a ton of fun um and so just those are teams to keep your eyes on um and then uh, the game that i'm really looking forward to there's a few of them but one of them is on saturday night and that's west virginia and penn state uh just because i'm a west virginia fan penn state's ranked seventh uh they're playing um in college station wait no college station that's texas a&m right What's uh, yeah. Is it? 
Anyway, they're playing at Penn State. I forget what their uh, Beaver what their Stadium. What is it? Uh, University Park, Beaver Stadium. Oh yeah, that might be it. Anyway, so West Virginia. No, it is it. Okay, whatever. Well, you, everybody knows what we're talking about. <laughs> Penn State. Uh, they have the fun whiteout game whenever they whenever they play Ohio State. <laughs> anyway, um, and then North Carolina, Drake May, the really good quarterback, plays against uh, South Carolina. I think South Carolina still has Spencer Rattler at quarterback, and he's an animated figure. Um, and so that should be an interesting game, ACC versus SEC. Uh, and then finally, the game that you guys had alluded to on the intro, that's LSU and Florida State. Um, also, that's on Sunday night, though. Um, LSU's ranked fifth. Florida State's ranked eighth. Um, I expect LSU to win that game. Uh, that's kind of the coming out party for Coach Brian Kelly. Um, you know, he came from Notre Dame in the offseason and and took over at LSU. Um, but we'll see. I think there's, like you guys said, just a couple games. I I don't, and I am not shy about this, I don't like college football nearly as much as I like the pros. Some people love it. Uh, they love the tradition aspect of it. I think the games take way too long. I think they're like four hours, uh, too many clock stoppages. Um, you, you don't know the players as well. And then with all the conference realignments, things just look a little bit different. Um, especially this year as everything's kind of up in, up in uh, flux, like teams you know are leaving. And so this is like the last years of some of these rivalries. Um, and it, I just wonder if it means as much. Um, Georgia is the favorite to go back to back to back and win the national championship. Um, and so my question for you guys, apart from the matchups this week that you're excited for that maybe I didn't mention, um, are you guys taking Georgia or the field this year? Oh, the field, the field for sure. I think they lost too many pieces. I, I don't know how long Alabama is not going to, be the team and also the sec like to your point lsu in the second year brian kelly uh looks like a team i mean we'll see how they do against florida state i'm not high on florida state for many reasons uh but i just think there's there's a lot of good teams and with a with a new quarterback uh and a lot of new pieces i just think georgia probably takes that step back uh i really like what i've seen from usc so far you know they played they've only played one game but they looked good offensively the defense didn't look terrible and that's really where they were weak last year uh and then again just the sec being what it is uh just makes you wonder michigan's also an interesting team you know they came they have a lot of starters that came back they have a good quarterback that came back they don't have their coach for the first four games but i don't think that really matters for them um i don't think they really play anyone tough in those first four weeks and so uh you know, I, I just think there's too many good teams that are around the level of Georgia uh, that I could not see them getting a three-peat. Yeah. You mentioned Michigan. I wanted to mention them. Uh, yeah, I've heard that their quarterback, J.J. McCarthy, looks really, really great. Um, like, possible first-round draft pick great. Um, we'll see if he takes oh, wow. a step up, because I didn't I didn't see it last year, um, but I've heard that he, he really took a step this offseason, so I'm excited to see that. And yeah, I've heard Michigan can be really good. Also, I think I alluded to the fact that this is Brian Kelly's first year, so I think I just missed a year of college football, uh, which is easy to do. It's all good. It's all good. I missed a little bit more. But. It's all good. Dan, what do you think? Who are you taking? Um, uh, I, I'm not shy in saying that I think that the national champion or whatever we're calling it these days is going to come out of the SEC. Um, look, I mean, I think 
you know, you, you, you look at a team like Georgia, you look at a team like um, Alabama, you look at the coaching there, like, yeah, players come in and out all the time for sure. But Saban's done it year in and year out with, with different players. Like, eventually they go to the NFL, sure. Um, but in terms of recruiting, like Georgia, you know, it's, it, it might take a couple weeks. Luckily, as we kind of said, these first couple weeks, you know, they play UT Martin this week. Who cares? Like, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what they look like, right? Um, but you know, I, I think they got a good shot at, at three-peating. We'll see. Um, obviously anything can happen, but I'll predict that the winner, um, at the end of the year, um, comes out of the SEC and something that John Mike brought up, which I think is interesting and we haven't really talked about, um, like there have been a lot of rule changes going into this year of college football. Um, John Mike, you mentioned that a lot of these games do take a long time. I don't know if you know this, but this year they eliminated the running or they enacted a running clock. Um, so no longer after each first down, will the clock stop? It's going to run up until, uh, two minutes left in the second quarter and in the fourth quarter, kind of, um, you know, like with the out of bounds rules. Yeah, I did hear that, and I'm excited for that. Um, I'm excited to see how that shortens the game, um, makes it a little bit easier to watch. So I didn't know if that was happening this yeah, year. Yeah, it was just. Yeah, it, it was a small sample size last week. I, I think the average was like maybe 15 or 20 minutes for all those games. Um, but even so, that'll be interesting. It'll also be from a just a sports game. I know we don't talk gambling a whole lot, but it'll be interesting to, to see how that changes like over unders and different spreads, obviously with, you know, with less time, if the game's taking less, I don't know. I, I've just seen a lot of interesting articles and, you know, things that are, that they're trying to change in college football to kind of make it more interesting, you know, maybe similar to what ML, the MLB is doing, um, you know, with the pitch clock and stuff like that. So um, we'll see. Otherwise, you know, I'm pretty impartial. I love football and, you know, at the end of the day, these are the players that we'll see drafted um, eventually. So, yeah. lots of uh, lots of good things to be in touch with. Yeah, I think like too after this year, it probably gets more interesting too with all the the changes in the way that the divisions are. You know, uh, mm-hmm. and so that I think we'll probably see more high caliber games each week because of that, uh, because you and because of the the you know, the expanding playoff, which I don't, I don't necessarily love the expanded playoff, but I think it's good in the sense of teams won't be afraid to schedule these out of conference, like home and homes, uh, like Utah and Florida did and say, well, if we lose week one, it's okay. We're not immediately knocked out from contention. Uh, and so that's why like, you know, Alabama and Georgia and these teams really struggled to get these home and home with any good team because nobody's going to say, yeah, let me just ruin my season by playing Alabama week one and, you know, having no shot at the playoff after that. Um, Now Texas did it and good for them. And they look good last year against them. We'll see how they look this year against them. Um, And so I'm hoping like maybe we'll see that more because you're going to be able to afford like a two or even three losses, depending on how good you are um, and the quality of the teams that you lose to, to make this, you know, this expanded playoff. And so, you know, I think this is probably the last year of uh, some of these cupcake schedules that we're seeing. Like I looked at Georgia's schedule this year and who do they play? I mean, they, they have to play Florida, you know, in Jacksonville, that's a normal game, but Florida doesn't look great this year. The two ranked teams currently on their schedule are Ole Miss and Tennessee. Like, and I don't see either of those teams competing. And so really Georgia's only game, that I think is going to be against a team of the same caliber will be in the sec championship game. And 
I don't know. I mean, part of that's part of that's the way the SEC works. Like sometimes you get years like this where you kind of luck out and you don't play the best teams on the West or on the East. Um, and the super conference will kind of change that. But, you know, I just, I, I, I'm excited for what it's, what it comes. And those changes that you talked about, Dan, I think are just kind of like the start of what could be a, a great kind of impact into what college football is. Yeah. And like, mm -hmm. like we talked about Nick last time when we talked about the 12 team playoff, I think that it's good for college football, the 12 team playoff, because it does hopefully eliminate some of these cupcake games. These teams are going to have to rely a little bit more on strength of schedule. They're going to have to schedule teams in their non-conference games. Um, and so hopefully we get more games like Florida and Utah, like these big power five com conference schools playing each other early in the year, uh, which I think makes it a lot of fun for the fans. Um, and then did you guys see that uh, – Cal, Stanford, and SMU might go to the ACC, uh, which, by the way, the ACC stands what? for Atlantic Atlantic Coast Doesn't Conference. Make any sense? <laughs> right, right. Oh, uh, it's man. it's just a mess, honestly. Like, I I kind of wonder how long college football is really going to be able to thrive in the current format it has. Like, I just really wonder, and I mean, it's probably partially because I listen to other uh, more, more, I don't know, people that do this for a living, like talk about sports and say how like, you know, the NCAA, as far as football goes, will probably like, doesn't really have much control over things. And so they may just like dissipate. And then, you know, there might actually be like this governing body that makes things make sense and recruiting and all this kind of stuff where there's a lot of gray area right now. Maybe there will be less of that, but I don't know. It just, it seems kind of like a mess, but you know, especially with the super conference thing. Uh, but we'll see, you know, next year it will be our first year of it and we'll get to see if it is a good thing or not. Yeah. We'll see. It's exciting. Yeah, it is. All right, well, anything you guys want to add before we, we sign off? Next week, listeners, stay tuned. We'll have uh, week one uh, predictions uh, probably on Thursday next week and, and some other stuff, some other sports stuff. So be excited. I just wanted Hey, to you mention, guys think uh, that the United States is going to beat Montenegro in the FIBA World Cup? Who is going to play who and do what? Do you, th do you think the U.S. is going to beat Montenegro in the oh, FIBA man. World Cup? <laughs> yes. Second round? By 60. Bull take. Bull take. I did want to mention <laughs> we're gonna lose. Just... Sorry, Jam, you go. To... Sorry. No, you're good, you're good. I mentioned I just want to mention two other sporting things happening. Uh first, uh the US Open tennis is uh just started. So um you guys can oh, yeah. keep your eyes on that. Carlos Alcarez, the reigning Wimbledon champion and the defending US Open champion like 20, 21 years old. Uh, he's looking to defend. And hopefully, I'm hoping that he faces Novak Djokovic again, um, hopefully in the final. Um, I think that's how it's set up. Then uh, Carlos is one and Novak is two. Um, and so that would be a ton of fun just to see that rematch, especially after the Wimbledon final was so much fun. Uh, so that's something to keep your eyes on over the next couple of weeks. And then uh, lastly, I just wanted to mention how phenomenal – the championship of the Little League World Series was. Uh, you had, oh man! <laughs> you had 
Curacao. Can I leave and will my audio still upload? (laughs) I don't know. California, you had a grand slam by Curacao that tied up at five. You had California winning on a walk-off home run in the bottom of the six. It was phenomenal. Dan, I would love your thoughts. Dan's gone, JM. You, you... <laughs> yeah, but he literally he has his headphones out. He can't hear us. Yeah, I know. But, <laughs> you know, I will. All right, while Dan's not here, I will say we we talked about it in the group chat. Uh, we said this is pretty cool, and Dan said I hate little league, and we were like, but Dan, you have to are admit done this is pretty cool. Yet? We are. I was just mentioning how you did say in a uh, in a world where you would consider Little League a thing, you thought the way the games ended was act, was like objectively Listen, cool. Listen, the pitcher, the <laughs> catcher was clearly trying to get the pitcher to throw outside. He threw inside to a six foot four, 13-year-old who obviously went yard. Not to mention the announcer said, oh, did you guys know that the Caribbean team hasn't thrown? They haven't given up one home run. Dink! Oh, <laughs> field like listen it, it it's comical that anyone cares he bat flipped like he was jose batista and in, in the that's world what series makes no it one so cares. fun it, it's, no <laughs> it's so it's so dumb Literally, no the parents were like oh sweet no it's it was bad it was bad you know Not what good luck all right you know what I hope, <laughs> oh, no. Dan, when, when you have kids i hope that you uh, put them in whatever sport that you want, but I better not see any emotion on your face in any sport that they play of <laughs> proudness or happiness because of the way that you're talking about these little league kids. Oh, man. it's not. It's, it's not that. No, it's not. It's that you guys literally haven't talked, haven't brought up baseball once in the last month. And then it's like we get a whole bunch of 12 year olds on TV for a week and we're like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> it, That's it, what I'm talking it's, about. It's, we're not talking uh, about the fire sale. It's no, so no, no. Look, it's because I, I will it's, say, a six, <clears throat> it's a six inning, two hour game of scoring <laughs> and fun where you get to find out what these kids' favorite. Uh, movies and actors and emojis are okay. It's a blast. I hate you so much. Oh man, yeah, it's 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 different. I will say, but um, it's not the highest level of of baseball for me. Can honest. you even name the kid that that hit the? No, wall I I wasn't. Mike? I'm not okay. Champ. Yeah, I don't know and I don't care. It was fun to watch. It was entertaining. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's fine. All right. I think on this note, um, hopefully you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, we are we are very close. If you know anyone, tell them to listen to our podcast for at least three or four minutes on Spotify. Um, and we would really appreciate that. So thanks, everyone. Go ahead and say bye, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye.